Welcome. I'm Lauren Rosen, licensed marriage and family therapist. And I'm Kelly Frankie, licensed marriage and family therapist. And this is Purely OCD. Kelly and I are OCD specialists who happen to also be in recovery from OCD ourselves. Each week we meet to talk about all things OCD, one topic at a time. You may notice we try to bring a little levity and humor to our discussion around this deeply painful disorder, as this has been a very powerful tool for our own recovery as well as our clients. If you'd care to join us, we record live on Mondays at 12.30 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube. We generally answer a few questions from our live viewers related to whatever topic we're covering that week. And if there's a topic you'd like covered, you can also submit a request on our website, <laughs> purelyocd.com. And if you do find this podcast OCD. helpful, please leave us a review so we can gain more visibility to reach more people sure like yourself are. and yes, help spread awareness OCD of what it's like to live with OCD. Quick reminder, this is not Last intended as therapy or as a replacement for therapy. This is for educational <laughs> yeah. purposes only. We got So without further ado, times. here yeah. is this week's episode. There was a, yeah. The back end. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So hopefully this will just be the once. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah. So, um, Lauren and I were just talking about how I think we're going to start structuring the subtypes into three categories. So this is kind of what to expect. So it'll be three parts typically. So it would be obsessions, which is today. The next podcast will be compulsions and then exposure and response for the last mostly that's what it'll be like yeah so yeah uh, good structure and that way people can go in and and glance oh i want to learn more about compulsions with the subtype hopefully that's helpful yeah so without further ado <laughs> we uh let's let's dive in um so when we're talking about relationship ocd we're generally talking about the in like the, in the context of intimate relationships, but it doesn't necessarily have to impact uh, like a romantic or intimate partnership. It could also impact your relationship with your child or a friend or and I mean, you can kind of see where this could get hooked into some social anxiety as well. So this is where it's all sort of blurry, but, Maybe we primarily stick to talking about like interpersonal or uh, yeah. intimate partnerships and intimate partnerships is good. I like um, it. Also, just kind of as a caveat, this subtype of OCD sometimes can hook into sexual orientation OCD. Mm-hmm. That's so, very true. You know, if you think of like the really vanilla basic relationship OCD thought, it might be, what if my partner isn't the right person for me? And naturally that would, could quickly jump into, am I really even attracted to this sexual orientation? Right. Is this, this individual really even of the gender that I purport to be attracted to? Right. Right. um, Exactly. That I'm identified with being attracted to. So, Yeah. Yeah. They all bleed into each other. In fact, I would say, I don't know if this is your experience, but I think most people with sexual orientation OCD also, when they're dating, have like anxiety specifically related to the relationship and being completely honest and whether or not yeah. they are 
with the right person because just because of the sexual orientation concerns. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a good point. Yeah. And a lot of avoidance too, not to, you know, sort of jump into the realm of compulsion, but there's a lot of big time. I'm not going to date because that's going to bring up a lot of thoughts and mm. I don't really want that. Um, yeah. So why don't we talk a little bit more about like the, the typical what ifs yep. in this obsession. So what if this isn't the right partner for me? Mm-hmm. What, what if, if not the right partner for them? Right. What uh, the, sometimes it goes into what if they don't really love me or what if I don't really love them uh, or what if they're cheating on me? That's and it starts to that certainly comes up yeah. for people. Yeah, there's there's the the um, two types of relationships. Mm-hmm. Yep. Type one and type two. And I'm trying to think. So Guy Doran talks about type one and type two, I think. And then Dr. Grayson also talks about like. Jealousy, OCD. And then like relationship focused, like the mm-hmm. partner focused versus relationship focused, I think. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or maybe that's type one and type two. Probably should have brushed up on that. But. Well, point is, it's all the same stuff. It's a, an obsession around this partner in some way, whether it's the person, whether it's the relationship itself. Yep. Doesn't matter. It can go both ways, inside out, back and forth, upside down. For sure. And I think when we're in this discussion about relationship-oriented obsessions, we have to acknowledge the impact of culture on this because mm-hmm there is this very strong narrative of what relationships are supposed to look like and the fairy tales and all of that. And they're just really not what being in relationship with a human really looks like in the same way that, you know, a television show about doctors is probably (laughs) not very accurate. Um, or at least it has some inaccuracies or is over-dramatized in certain areas. Same with like, you know, the cop shows and stuff, you know, like everything is going to be, it's not, it's not real. And so, but because we're sort of taught from an early age, oh, this is what a relationship is supposed to look like, that it's almost as though we can fear that there there are contamination concerns that come up related to like, oh, my relationship has been tarnished or tainted in some way. And I think it's that piece of expectation, Mm -hmm. right? And um, whenever we put like an expectation on anything, it has the potential to go sideways. Yeah, it's true. Very true. Quickly, this is kind of can go into you know, being a first time parent or any parent and you're thinking, oh, I, I should have this really close bond immediately once my child's born. And if they don't, somebody with OCD might go, oh, well, this isn't how it should be. Right. My expectation of culture is you should be in love and the moment you see your child. And in fact, it's not necessarily the case. So very similar. It's just a different 
different type of relationship, yeah, but like it's, a, yeah, yeah but it's the same thing. It's like, oh, I, yeah. And you can even see it coming up with parents or mm-hmm. right, like, oh, well, I, I should feel this toward my parent and, or, uh, something to that mm-hmm. effect, you know, cause yeah, yeah, the Disney, Disney didn't help us out guys. They really, no, no, gave us a punch to the face, but <laughs> we're yeah. undoing it. And rom-coms generally were not, not helpful. That's like, and then they lived happily ever after, even in like the quirky rom-coms that are supposed to be more like realistic, you know, it's like, you don't really see fights like knock down, you know, like the challenging (laughs) stuff of relationship. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Which, you know, in a healthy relationship, you're, you're not going to look cute all the time. So no, I've heard, I mean, I always look cute. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> yeah. And also going off this notion of like, there is a one true love, right. Mm. That feeds into this fear of what if this is not the right person? Oh, and just so we can go back on track, the relationship focus versus partner um, focus, partner focus. Sometimes when we're talking about partner, what the obsession really is, is like nitpicking the way they look or the how they talk or their voice or, right. So it's very much an obsession around the person themselves, their personality. Right. And, and we'll go into the compulsions around that, but the obsession is generally them. And then the relationship is what if this is the wrong relationship and what if they're not making me the best version of myself? Right. What if they're harming me? Which you can kind of see though, how they, they, I think they all bleed. Yeah. Mostly they're part and parcel of one another because if you're worried oh, this relationship might not be the right one for me, it's usually because somehow this person is not the right person somehow but like that's often where the fear comes from but you could just have like this is an amazing person but what if what if it's not the right person for me what if there's just like what if our relationship isn't right so yeah and if you are going off of like this notion that uh, that people are supposed to be your best your partner's supposed to be your best friend your lover the parent to your child or your father to your child, your therapist, your therapist, your parent. That's a lot of pressure. So let's just uh, back. Everybody take a step back. Let's take the village and we need to diversify our portfolio and increase people in our space. So totally. Yep. Don't need to hyper-focus on someone and be like, oh, they didn't do this. Well, maybe because they can't be perfect all the time and they can't have all that pressure on them. Right. And we have to be okay with the imperfection of any relationship. Absolutely. Not, there is not a person on this planet who is going to meet each and every one of your needs. Mm-mm. Not one. Um, so, so yeah, expecting that one person it's, it's, a recipe for being disappointed. Those kinds of expectations are bound to let you down and, and lead you to think things like, Oh, maybe, maybe this is wrong because 
because this person isn't everything. And everyone else is like, this is my best friend. This is my soulmate. This is my whatever. And it's a lot to your point. I agree. Right. They're going to let you down. That's just going to happen. It's just when. Absolutely. And I will say to, I was just talking to a colleague about this, that it's interesting what we expect out of relationship. Like the, and again, based on this storybook situation that we've all been indoctrinated with, that there is this idea that there it's supposed to be easy. Mm. And that when it's right, <laughs> you just know because it's so, so fluid and easy and simple. And I don't think that that's necessarily true. You know, the person who's easy for you, that may be because you have a certain life experience and it may not even be particularly healthy, but it's, you know, there's an ease with which you navigate it because of the fact that you're familiar with it. So this idea that somehow if it's right, it should be easy is a belief that I think gets a lot of people into trouble. Right. And yeah. it's usually pretty easy, like the first couple weeks or months. <laughs> yeah. When you're like, oh my gosh, this person so. is yeah, everything and they're amazing. Hopped up on pheromones and, <sighs> and oxytocin, man. Oh, it's just, shit. whoa, it's overwhelming. Just snort that shit. Yeah. You know? <sighs> Um, and then, yeah. And then you realize that this is a human and they're, and what's interesting, they're awful. I'm just kidding. (laughs) They're horrible. Um, I, I think it's really interesting though, because it's, it's not like those first several weeks are the best anyway, when you really get down to it. And this is where everyone has this, or people have attend to have the, this rosy image of what things used to be or how they were so great when, but exactly. But the reality is that those first weeks of being in a relationship with someone, well, yes, but you're also anxious as shit. Uh, Right. Because, and like, that's the, the sort of insecurity of early relationship is universal because you don't know how that person thinks. So there's like this constant, like, Oh, like the high comes from this being accepted right? Mm -hmm. Over and over again. But once that part fades away, once you realize that this person is kind of like sticking around and and that they seem to care about you and respect you and, and love you maybe even that then it's like, oh, well that spark that we all look at as like, oh, excitement goes away because the fear goes like uh, the, the fear of this person is going to just like up and leave starts to fade. Um, Again, it's not healthy to be in a relationship where you're constantly like, Ooh, are they going to leave forever? You know, like that's not, it's not a recipe for. No, no, no. And it, love is a choice kind of mm-hmm. going off of uh, what you're saying, piggybacking off of like after that w- couple weeks or months wear off, it's like, now we're choosing to be in this relationship and we're choosing to be committed or, you know, whatever type of relationship you have set up. 
Yeah. Yeah. I know. I think that that, that discrepancy between like love, we talk about love as though it's one thing, but it's really many different things. This is this word that encompasses so much. And there's this idea of falling in love. And then there's the idea of loving someone, which Mm -hmm. is to your point, very active versus the falling in love. I I don't know where I read this. I think it's one of like a million quotes about relationships, but um, something to the effect of falling is in love is easy. Any idiot can do that, right? Like because, but That's I mean, so true. It's true. It's like, oh great, like I just fell and here it is, and this is fun. Yeah. And now, now can you hold it and keep it going? Yeah. Can you choose to show up even when? Things are hard. Things are hard or uncomfortable or scary, maybe. I mean, not obviously, I think it's important to recognize too that there are things in a relationship that would indicate that it's probably not a healthy relationship, right? If there's, if you're being, you know, spoken down to constantly and like abused physically, emotionally by your partner, something to consider um, for sure. We're not definitely explore even further when we go into compulsions too yeah yeah because it can like that line people want they're like but what's the line you yeah. know like yeah, what's yeah. the exactly mm-hmm. you but know what i'm saying i do but ultimately i'm not suggesting that every relationship is um, a healthy relationship but we're looking for the good enough partner not the perfect partner um yeah. It's true. So it's hard. Relationships are hard. Any are. relationship is hard. Especially one where you're like living with somebody and sleeping with somebody and eating with somebody constantly. Can you imagine? I can. I mean, most of you can. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, let's just like look at this objectively. Who else do you do that with? You know, your parents and then you fight. Right. As an adult, well, live together. And most of us as children, right, there is a fair amount of friction with our parents. Like even if they're really loving, kind, wonderful humans, right. that You're there's going to be on top of each other. Right. That's what it is to be in an intimate, like to really know somebody. It's messy. It's not, it's not simple. It's not easy. Um, I mean, you even think about it with friends, you know, that you go through your blips and then there's the, oh, well, they said this and I, this was my experience and that was, that sucked. And you don't even have to be with them to your point, like half the amount of time that you you end up being with, if you're, you know, in a, in a monogamous partnership, I guess in particular, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's messy. And there's lots of room for doubt. Question for you, Mm -hmm. um, since we're sticking on the obsessions, is that the jealousy type, Mm -hmm. relationship OCD, um, what are your thoughts on that? Because, I mean, the way I think about it is like, well, if we're not looking at it in terms of OCD and we're just purely looking at it as like, this is somebody who's constantly worried if somebody's cheating on them even though there's no evidence to show that, yeah. that the reality is, is it's based in anxiety. 
Right. So anxiety is anxiety is anxiety. For sure. I'm curious what your thoughts are on it and Mm. have you treated it and. For sure. Yep. I have, I have treated it. Um, and I think, you know, I think it, it gets a little bit confusing because it, it can start to, you know, anxiety isn't only the realm of OCD or anxiety disorder diagnoses. And so mm-hmm. that it, it tends to come up in, in other diagnoses as well. So there might be a whole other constellation of symptoms that also need to be addressed. Um, and so, you know, if somebody, for instance, struggles with, I, I think we're both on the same page because this is often show up is like, if you have anxiety related to the idea of being abandoned and you tend to have these like really high emotional highs and lows in terms of, um, your emotions aren't necessarily regulated as well as they might be. And maybe, mm-hmm. Maybe that even veers into you're getting so low regularly that there's thoughts of suicide. Then we're, you know, and this is just, those are a couple of symptoms that might start to indicate that there might be like borderline personality disorder also going on. Now, this is not, it's not clear cut. And the point is like, of course, anxiety comes up in other disorders. So does, I do think that what we're talking about in terms of navigating anxiety is helpful regardless of whether or not you're dealing with an anxiety disorder per se. I also think that there may be instances in which people also would benefit from having additional help um, with some of these other symptoms that are a little different. Needs needs a little more TLC, but I don't know, like, uh, and I, uh, not to say not everybody with fears, like with the obsessive doubt, related to jealousy or this idea that maybe my partner is being unfaithful. Like not all of those people are going to fit into a category that where they do have more symptoms, uh, than just that. Um, in which case they may very well meet criteria for OCD or an anxiety disorder, but you know, it's, so it's not, it's not cut and dry, but say, like, I'm going to bounce that question back to you. What are your thoughts? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's that trust is um, a behavior, right? And that if we're feeling lots of jealousy or concern, I mean, if you're talking about borderline, I do think there's like a lot of adjunct stuff like interpersonal effectiveness and totally to communicate like, hey, it hurts me when you do that. Like there's, but if we're looking at it in terms of purely anxiety, and you know what if i'm not good enough or what if this person is just i don't know just they're just fixated like very hyper vigilant and could and could totally come from trauma too right come from trauma it could come from like a traumatic relationship that just happened too True. as well yeah um it could happen i've seen it happen after childbirth too mm. It's like there's like a change in their body and their relationship with their partner. Totally. Uh, it's like our relationship isn't the same. We're not connecting the same. And yeah. then, you know, it all goes downhill from there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> very optimistic, Kelly. <laughs> no. 
treatment will get us back online. But yes. the behaviors of trusting and really handing over and jumping in and saying, we're going to trust this person by not engaging in questioning them, the mental rumination, which I know we're getting into compulsions right now. but No, but I, I think it's really important to recognize everything that you're talking about. You know, the, the reality that people um, get hooked by all sorts of different content. Yeah. You know, sometimes, sometimes you're just anxious at the idea that maybe, you, you know, your partner might find somebody else attractive and might not want to be with you ongoing. This is scary. It's a scary story. Yeah. And you can have a thought around this too, where you see someone attractive and you go, oh my gosh, does that mean if I'm attracted to that person, does that mean this is not the right, right relationship for me too? Right. Yes. Lots of, lots of groinal checking. Oh no. Oh. I just went into the compulsion section next, again. Next Sorry. Yeah. We'll get, we'll get there. We'll get, we'll get there. there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Anything else on the obsession front? I mean. No, I don't think so. I mean, there's so many variations, but I think totally. we covered the vanilla, straightforward, yeah, common ones. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I just want to say too, like maybe to round this out and get any final thoughts from you. I think anxiety, OCD, like to latch on to things that are inherently messy, and where there is doubt that just lives in it, right? Like relationships are any certainty. Here. No, you can't, like, yeah. you can't have certainty. Talk about like, what if my partner falls in love with somebody else and wants that, you know, wants to leave me, right? Like that's Anytime yeah, that could happen. Of course it could. And like, if we say, oh no, well that couldn't happen. And I'd try to resolve that. It doesn't, it doesn't change the fact that it could happen. And likewise that, maybe one day you decide that this is not the person that you want to continue to be with. And you might even think, oh, well, I would have been better off if, as if we could know that, right? <laughs> as Because it's not like we can play out the different scenarios and sort of like see and like, ah, oh, I pick this one because that's, you know, so. And I think a lot of it is in the fear of regret too, right? But yeah. there's time and, but there's no way to know. There's no way to know what you're going to think or feel in five, 10 years, minutes, you know? Um, no, it would have bypassed a lot of things. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> oh my gosh. If I could take like, this brain back like yeah. 20 years, this is a game changer. Yeah. But we might not have been here. That's the thing. So, yeah. So. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say to your point is like OCD really, it's so attached to those things that you really like zero certainty whatsoever. Yeah. And ultimately we just have to jump in and take a chance and yeah. hope for the best. Just jump in and, and, and make a commitment and see how it goes. And, yeah. and then you can always make a different choice some, sometime later if you decide that this was not the choice that you'd like to continue choosing. Yeah. And I know this probably all sounds like triggering and mm. what the heck are they talking about? But I promise the next part two 
on compulsions, I think will clear up a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. In particular with this obsession, there's a lot of, well, with every obsession, there's different nuanced things that you have to consider. And this one in particular has a few different ones that are related to how important the decision is and yeah. yeah. I think, yeah. And, and maybe more on this next time, but I don't think either of us are trying to be flippant, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like if you're looking at the life that you want to live and, you know, maybe making a commitment, you're, you're going to want to be thoughtful about that. And most of the people who find themselves listening to a podcast called purely OCD are probably thinking, uh, they're probably going to veer toward thinking more about it than, than is necessarily helpful. That's not, you know, yeah, yeah, um, that's okay. You're in good company. Welcome yeah. to the shit show. <laughs> We're glad to have you. Yeah. Um, you know, you are in, in very good company, you know. Um, yeah. So, all right. Well, awesome. thank you all for joining. Yeah. Thank you. And good to see you, buddy. Good to see you too. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Just as a reminder, this podcast is not therapy, nor is it intended as a replacement for therapy. If you need further support, we encourage you to seek treatment with a registered professional who specializes in OCD. If you have a moment, we'd love to hear what you think. Feel free to leave us any feedback by reviewing us on your podcast app of choice. You can find past episodes on our website at purelyocd.com. Remember, this podcast is for you, so please let us know what you would like to hear. We want to make our message as helpful as it can be. We hope you will join us in the future as we continue our discussion on all things OCD.